0: Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, Here in the Midwest, we are deep in the grayest part of winter. I really like snow, and I, I don't mind winter, but sometimes the perpetual grayness is just a little bit much. This is the time of year when I'm always a little bit envious of my family members who live in much sunnier places. But for the last couple of days, the sun has been out, and it's been wonderful. Even though I know spring is still quite a ways away, it's nice that at least we can see the days are getting noticeably longer. I hope wherever you are, you're getting a little bit of sun, too. So to dive right into today's topic, one of the huge perks of me having a new hobby is that my screen time has plummeted. Most of the time, my hands are busy making things, and I'm no longer scrolling social media, or at least not nearly as much. Every couple days, I might take a quick peek, but honestly, it just doesn't hold my interest that long. So a couple weeks ago, I came across two posts on Facebook groups that really illustrated what we're going to talk about today. One was, let's start a thread about open notes. I found this really changes how I chart. And then the author went on to list a whole lot of things they didn't like about open notes. And in case that term isn't ringing a bell, that's the CMS rule that went into effect quite a while ago that says that your charting has to be visible to the patient on their portal. At my institution, this happens as soon as you close the chart for ambulatory encounters and upon discharge for inpatient encounters. So for this post where the author wanted to engage people in discussion about open notes, I think there was something like a hundred or more comments. I didn't actually look at them, but I kind of noticed how many there were. The other post I came across around the same time was someone in a Facebook subgroup complaining that they were tired of people in the main group suggesting coaching as a solution for all problems. The author of this one said something along the lines of coaches not having any true qualifications because they aren't therapists and something about getting unwanted DMs and emails from coaches trying to sell to them. So obviously that one got my attention. This one, I think, had at least a couple dozen comments and just like the other one, I didn't open the comments. I just kind of noticed how many there were. As a quick sidebar, most of the coaches that I know would be the first to point out that they are not therapists and are not qualified to treat mental health conditions. That's not what coaching is. Coaching is for helping functional people be aware of what they're creating in their life. It's not therapy. Coaching and therapy can complement each other nicely in some situations, but it's never a substitute. I'm sure there are coaches out there who are out of their lanes, but it's not how most of us operate. So recognizing that there are probably a few bad actors out there, my first thought was, well, this person obviously doesn't know what coaching is. And my second thought was, they could really use a coach. (laughs) But the part about unwanted messages and DMs, I completely agree with that complaint. I'm the type of person who does not care for people trying to sell me stuff. If I want something, I will initiate it. If I'm in a store, I don't like it when you're constantly bombarded by salespeople trying to help you. If I need help, I will ask for it. Otherwise, let me browse in peace. I apply the same philosophy to my own business. Now, never say never because, of course, things can change. But at this moment in time, I don't do any ads and I don't plan on ever doing ads. Also, and this is something I feel really confident will not change in the future, I don't collect emails and I don't send out email blasts or promotions or anything like that. I figure if someone is interested in my coaching, they'll ask for it. Along those lines, if someone does fill out the intake form and signs up for a free session but then doesn't follow through, I don't pester them incessantly in the future. I do send one or two nudges just to make sure they didn't forget, but that's it. And if someone does a free session and then doesn't sign up for ongoing coaching afterward, we're done. I trust people to know for themselves whether it's something they want to do or not. That's the whole point of the free session. It's to see if it's a good fit before either one of us invests our time. And I most certainly do not have any interest in trying to recruit clients who aren't into it. So if you're like me and you're wary of signing up for things online for fear your inbox is going to be bombarded afterward, I promise I won't do that to you. But back to our top. So these two posts were similar but not quite the same. The second one, I would say, falls under the category of just straight-up venting. Someone was annoyed and just wanted an outlet for it. The first one, though, I found to be really interesting. Let's start a thread about... Sounds a lot like they were trying to accomplish something. But what? What on earth could a social media thread complaining about a rule imposed by the federal government accomplish? Both of these fall under a term I've used in my head for years the ringleader of discontent, and that's what we're going to talk about today. There are lots of reasons why someone might be acting as a ringleader of discontent. One of the most simple explanations is that it can be a sort of tribalism. When faced with a situation that feels uncomfortable or unpleasant, it's normal to want to figure out if there are others who feel the same, and if so, to try to band together. We need community, and doing things like this can provide a sense of community, though it's highly questionable whether it creates any true community. But, at least for a short time, it can make people feel like they're not alone. Other people feel the same way. Because if we think we're the only person who doesn't like something, we might feel like there's something wrong with us, or that we're all alone, or we're going to be rejected, things like that. So it makes sense, but... Maybe it's not a terribly constructive thing to do in the long run. Another reason someone might be acting as the ringleader of discontent could be an expression of righteous indignation. Righteous indignation is an interesting thing. I was trying to put my finger on just what the problem is with it, so I looked up the definition. The first definition I found is that it is, quote, anger driven by contempt, unquote. Well, that explains it beautifully. Obviously, contempt or any other judgy emotion is going to be problematic for the person experiencing it. Another definition I found, this one on Wikipedia, said, quote, Righteous indignation is also called righteous anger. In some Christian doctrines, it's considered the only form of anger which is not sinful. For example, when Jesus drove the moneylenders out of the temple, unquote. Well, that's fascinating. If you boil it down, some of us may have been taught that it's okay to be judgy or even good to be judgy when you know for certain that your view is the good and moral one and the other party is not. I'm sure everyone here can see the glaring flaw with that philosophy, though, right? But either way, I hope everyone listening can recognize immediately that thinking or acting in a way that drives or is driven by righteous indignation, aka anger driven by contempt, is going to harm you in the long run. Judgy emotions tend to fester, and they lead you into loops of negativity. I don't think any of us want to be in endless loops of negativity. So, while it may sound peachy on the surface, righteous indignation is probably another place we don't want to spend a lot of time in. But how about this reason the desire to change something? That one sounds pretty good. I mean, if there's something in the world that seems wrong or bad or broken, we should want to change and fix it, right? I mean, I think so. Here's the problem though the ringleader of discontent is a complainer, not a fixer. As I've said many times, complaints don't fix anything, they just amplify negativity. Let's look at the Facebook person who said, let's start a thread about open notes. Based on the wording in their post, it's a safe guess that the original poster was thinking something like, open notes makes it harder for me to do my job, which made them feel something like indignant or maybe righteously indignant. Which led them to put a post on social media and list their grievances and encourage others to do so as well. And they probably spent a lot of time going back to their post and reading all the comments as they popped in and rereading them and probably talking about it with their coworkers because now they're all fired up about the topic. And all of that leads to the result that they have identified or created a ton of evidence that open notes makes it harder for them to do their job, and probably this huge distraction they've created also makes it harder for them to do their job. And because they now have all of this evidence, every time they're charting, all they'll be able to think about is how terrible open notes is. Did anything get fixed? Does CMS have a clue that this doctor and everyone who commented on their post finds it problematic? Does CMS now have data in front of them showing actual harms? No. Nothing in that process was solutions-focused. In that moment, the person writing the post was definitely not being a fixer. The problem remains exactly the same as it was before, but now they and all the other people who commented or just read it feel crappier than they did before the post. Definitely a net negative outcome. And all of this is to say, the ringleader of discontent throws gasoline and a match on burnout. If you are looking to feel less burned out, that should be a pretty strong motivator to avoid being the ringleader and to develop some skills to cope when someone else is being the ringleader, especially if you have frequent interactions with someone who does this as a pattern. First off, if you've done any of this yourself in the past, you can drop the self-judgment. We all do it. We all have times when we're not showing up as our best selves. It's not the end of the world. You can learn how to have awareness for when you're doing it and then let it happen less often. Let's talk a little about how to handle it when it's someone else. If we assume the ringleader is someone that you don't have authority over, your goal isn't to change their behavior because you can't. But your goal is to figure out how to make your experience of their behavior less negative. It can be as simple as this. Just don't engage. Keep scrolling. Walk away. But if you're in a situation where that's not a reasonable option, how about trying on some of these thoughts? How about, that person sounds like they're having a really rough time. Sometimes I feel and act that way when I'm going through a rough time, too. Or, that person doesn't mean harm. They're trying to help. They're just not using the right tools. Or, it must be really hard to have so much negativity inside. I'm sad for them that they live this way. Or, I can agree with some of these points and also remain solutions focused myself. I don't need to pile on. Or, that person might have some good solutions in mind. How can I help them shift from complaining to articulate the solutions? And what if it is you? What if you catch yourself just in time wanting to spark up something where you're being the ringleader of discontent? The complainer, not the fixer. Well, this is just urge work. Just like I talked about last week. This is where you acknowledge the urge, give it credit for what it's trying to accomplish, Then reinforce your rational thoughts about why you're going to politely decline and rinse and repeat as needed. All right, it is time for me to get out of my recording studio, my closet, and go absorb a little bit of this precious sunshine. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you back next time. opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.